Welcome back to A Journey Across Borders. This podcast is the tale of my six-month journey across 26 borders in Europe in early 2017 to discover how borders evolve, what they mean, and how they impact people's lives. You can also find this podcast as written text complete with maps, photos, and videos from the trips at ajourneyacrossborders.wordpress.com. And although this podcast is published in 2019, this piece was originally written in the summer of 2017 while I was living outside of the UK. This tale is told through eight trips, ranging from skiing in Switzerland to living in Sweden, from my attempt to summit Mont Blanc, the highest mountain in Europe, to working on illicit trade in the Netherlands. In the last episode, I covered my third trip of the year, a whistle-stop tour of Europe, from Sweden to the Netherlands, to Italy and back to Sweden again, via Germany, all in the space of about six days. Passing through the Schengen area, barely needing to show a passport, I looked at the way that border officials treat non-EU travellers' papers with suspicion, and I discussed the calls to bring back blue passports, and the potential future rules and visas that Britons may need to visit the EU. In this episode, I'm going to cover the fourth trip of the eight, a pilgrimage back home to London. Number of borders crossed? Two plus two. During my semester in Sweden, I twice had to make a pilgrimage back to my hometown of London for a significant event or an interview. Aside from the flight being a little time-consuming, it was otherwise not too inconvenient, as there are roughly 30 direct flights daily between Stockholm's four airports and London's six, with prices as low as £27 for a return trip. With over 8 million inhabitants, London is the largest city in the European Union, over twice the size of its runner-up Berlin, and according to Mastercard's Global Destination Cities Index, it hosts 19.88 million foreign overnight visitors per year, making it not only the most popular city for tourism in the EU, but also second in the world, beaten to the top spot by Bangkok. Red phone boxes and double-decker buses, Big Ben and the Houses of Parliament, the Beefeaters outside Buckingham Palace and the Royal Family all attract tourists in the millions, who are vital to the city's economy. Ironically enough, the tourist board Visit Britain have capitalised on the pound's weaker value since the 2016 referendum to advertise and attract yet more tourists than usual. These inbound visitors mostly arrive in the nation's capital via one of the major London airports, often greeted first and foremost with a queue for a border control that, if they're coming from an EU country, is something of a new sight for them. While tourist numbers in the UK are growing healthily and souvenir stall sales of Union Jack keyrings remain buoyant, the number of EU citizens living in the UK is already beginning to shrink, as 117,000 EU workers headed back home or elsewhere in 2016, as a result of the ongoing uncertainty over their long-term status in the UK. A recent Deloitte report suggested that 47% of highly skilled EU workers in the UK were considering leaving over the next five years due to this uncertainty. Others no longer feel welcome in the UK. For example, after large numbers of Polish residents in particular experienced xenophobic abuse and threats in the immediate aftermath of the 2016 referendum. As a result, there are grave concerns over how the UK will meet the skills shortage and fill the jobs currently occupied by 3.2 million EU citizens if more continue to leave, particularly as the more highly skilled people depart. Of course, London is something of an exception in Britain, with its extremely multicultural workforce and its tolerant open atmosphere, as London Mayor Sadiq Khan is keen to emphasise, and as is demonstrated by the fact that 60% of London's population voted to remain in the EU. 
London appeals to the highly educated and very highest skilled EU workers, the Eurostars as they're called, are attracted to a veritable Euro city, according to sociologist Adrian Fable. London's reputation as a multicultural environment stems from two separate periods of freedom of movement. Firstly, that of the Commonwealth until 1962, accepting thousands of Jamaicans, Pakistanis and others from the former colonies. And secondly, that of the European Economic Community, later called the EU, from 1973 until 2019. There have in fact only ever been 11 years in which Britain has actually had control over its borders, in the period between 1962 to 1973. So the mantra of take back control seems somewhat historically inaccurate. London is a really amazing city. I've lived in London on and off uh, since 2012 and I've written a list of 80 things that every true Londoner has done. So if you're next in London and wondering what to do, then I can recommend uh, quite a long list of, uh, of things for you to, to tick off. Uh, so head over to my travel blog at thewelltravelpostcard.com to, to find that blog. Next up, though, is my fifth trip, a Scandinavian road trip to visit the Vikings in Norway. Stay tuned. <laughs>